Thank you for that. Well, we are in a new year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2021. We're not in 2020 anymore, so uh, hopefully, uh, I don't know about you guys, we've had a, a weird start to the year. We've broken more appliances in the last week than I think we ever have in our lives, so I don't know how that works. Uh, but it's, it's a new year, and so if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 8, and uh, I read a message, I'm, I'm always reading messages because I can read faster than I can listen, and uh, I read a message that one of our young AG uh, evangelists preached, and I was really inspired, he gave me a great idea for a message, uh, his name's Robert Madu. he's a really fun guy, if you ever get a chance, listen to him, our youth have heard him at uh, Fine Arts before, but he talked about remembering, and I was really kind of inspired me, especially starting a new year, so we're going to turn to Mark chapter 8. And how many of you have great memories? Anybody can remember things? How many of your memory is, is kind of leaks out of your ears when you sleep? Anybody have that? Yeah. I know I'll remember something and I'll wake up and I can't remember it anymore. Well, remembering is important. Remembering is uh, something that Jesus talked about at the, what we call the Last Supper. He said, remember, remember, remember. And so remembering is a big deal, especially when we come out of a year like the one we just had. Uh, how many of you remember the whole thing about murder hornets? Everybody's terrified to go outside, you know, because murder hornets were going to kill us all, you know, and then that never really happened, and, uh, you know, all the different things were going on. How many of you remember Y2K? Is anyone still eating food you kept at Y2K? <laughs> my, uh, my parents, I went downstairs at their house, and my mom had stashed, oh my word, like tons, probably tons of canned peaches and canned things, you know, that she could survive on. I think she's still eating her Y2K stash. I remember, you know, we all held our breath that night, and we thought the world was going to end, and then it just kind of kept going. Uh, well, remembering is a big, big deal. And in Mark chapter 8, we see that Jesus does a miracle. He feeds the, the 4,000. If you remember that amazing story, Jesus fed the 4,000. Before that, he had fed the 5,000. Well, then he got into a debate with the Pharisees. Then he gets in a boat with his disciples. And we're going to pick up in verse 14 of chapter 8. So it says, the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. Jesus, like, literally just feeds 4,000 people with a couple of loaves and some fish. They forget to bring food in the boat with them, right? And so they only had one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so they said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you what? Remember. Don't you remember anything at all when I fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread? How many baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? He asked them. So I want to talk this morning about remembering. As we come into a new year, I want to help us remember some things. Now, not necessarily remember all the bad that happened in 2020, but we want to remember some things that Jesus did. So, Lord, I pray this morning as we come and we look in your word, you would help us to remember, to remember your faithfulness, to remember your goodness and your power. As we step into this new year, let us step into it with faith, not with fear. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the disciples had a hard time, what? Remembering. Say that with me. Remembering. Remembering. Remembering is a big deal. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever done like me. I sometimes, my mouth moves faster than my brain can stop it. 
Like some of you guys have that problem. I remember I've said things before, and as I say it, I'm like, no, 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 no. And, you know, you're trying to take it back, and you can't. You ever done that? You ever said things to your spouse you wish you could take back, and they remind you years later? Remember when you said, yes, I remember that, right? Or you remember um, when you're dating, you say something stupid, and it, you know, hangs over your head 20-something years later? You ever do that? Well, remembering, remembering's a big deal. We need to remember. So what I want to do this morning is look at some things and remember some things that God can do in spite of our circumstances. So, you know, last year was crazy. None of us would have ever predicted, you know, as we started 2020, we're like, hey, we're starting a new decade. Holy smokes, the world's going to come to an end, right? None of us thought that. And so as we step into 2021, a lot of us are tempted to remember all the bad stuff that happened. But I want us to instead look at some things that God has done in our past and remember that as we step into New Year so we can step in with some faith. So here's one thing I want us to remember. If God can do a miracle once, he can do it again, right? If God can do something one time, he can do it multiple times. That's what he told the disciples. Hey, you only brought one loaf of bread. Why are you worried? (laughs) Don't you remember I took four and fed like 5,000 people? I took seven and fed 4,000. Now, remember... The 5,000, that was only counting men. So, you know, when you count women and kids, there are a lot more, right? And so he's saying, hey, remember what I did. The disciples had forgotten the provision of Jesus. They forgot that Jesus provided them bread, that Jesus provided fish. You know what? A lot of us are in the same boat. You know, when we get into a situation, we start to worry, Oh, man, my car broke down. i got to come up with $1,200 to fix this. How am I going to do this? And we forget that just months before, Jesus provided for a big bill that we had. Or we forget, you know, back in the day when Jesus did this. If Jesus can do it once, he can do it again. Jesus did all this. The same Jesus that provided for 5,000, 10,000 people can provide what you need, right? The same Jesus can provide all those things that you need, all those things that we need. You know, if this year really showed us anything, it kind of showed us how little control we really have. I don't know about you, but when this whole virus thing started, it made me feel pretty small. Because I realized, you know, this one thing, can, and there's not much we can do about it, right? So we need to remember that Jesus is in control, and if he's done it once, he can do it again. And if he's provided once, guys, he can provide for us again. So they'd forgotten the provision of Jesus. They had also forgotten the power of Jesus. If Jesus has the power to do a miracle once, he has the power to do it again. His ability to heal has never changed. How many of you remember the story of Lazarus? Jesus' best friend Lazarus dies. The disciples said, hey, we probably should go check on him. Jesus like, yeah, we're going to wait a couple days. And what happened when they waited? Lazarus died. And then Jesus goes, and he raises Lazarus from the dead with essential oils, right? No. What did he do? He spoke. He told him, come out. He spoke, right? Jesus has the power in his voice to raise the dead. And then we get a cold, and we think, I'm going to die. You know, Jesus has the power to do that once. He can do it again because Jesus doesn't change. So guys, we need to remember this. When we come into circumstances like this entire last year, we serve a God who doesn't change. If he has the power to heal once, he has the power to heal again. If Jesus has the power to open a door for you once, he can open a door for you 
again. If he can provide a job for you once, he can provide a job for you again. If he can answer a prayer, if he can direct you, he can do it again. So guys, he doesn't change. And so they forgot the power of Jesus. And I don't want this year, this last year, I don't want all the weirdness that happened to make me forget the power that God has in my life. I don't want the weird year that we had to make you forget the power that God has to work in your life. Just because, and you know, we were telling our kids this, just because there's this weird disease going around, this has happened before. Right? Remember the black, well, you probably don't remember because you weren't around, but remember the stories of the Black Plague? The Spanish flu? Remember the, uh, what was that one, the SARS virus that was going to wipe out the world? Remember the one in Africa that was going to turn us all into zombies? Remember that one? Like a couple years ago? Guys, this has happened before. The same God who carried us through that will carry us through again. So we need to remember. We need to remember the power of Jesus. And we need to remember the compassion. Here's what I want you to catch. They had forgotten the compassion of Jesus. What caused Jesus to do these miracles both times? Was it just, hey, let me show you guys what I can do? No. Why did Jesus feed the 5,000. Why did Jesus feed the 4,000? It was because of compassion. He said, hey, guys, these people don't have any food. You feed them. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we don't have that kind of money. I don't have that much on my credit card. I can't do that, right? No, he said, hey, you guys feed them. He had compassion. And that same God that has compassion on those crowds has compassion on us today. The compassion is what caused it. He realized they didn't have anything to eat. In Mark chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, he says, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days. They've got nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they'll faint along the way. Some of them have come a long distance. And when he fed 4,000, he was concerned for them. And he's concerned for us. Now, I've got to tell you, I've never preached a sermon good enough that people forgot about eating. Jesus did. He had preached for a long time. They forgot to eat. They realized they hadn't eaten anything. He said, hey, they're going to pass out on the way home. We need to feed them. Jesus cares about the little things like that, and he cares about you. Some of you guys need to hear that. Jesus cares about the circumstances in your life. He cares about the drama in your family. He cares about, you know, the insecurity of your job. He cares about all those things, and guys, if he can do that once, he'll do it again. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. That means if he does a miracle for this guy, he can do it in your life too, because he cares about all of us. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we're kind of lost in this crowd. Well, you know, God's working on so many other people. He wouldn't really care about my car not starting. Yeah, he does. Well, he cares about them, but I don't know if he's going to give me direction. You know, I'm insignificant. No, you're not. He cares. So he can do miracles because he's the same God. And, and so compassion was the catalyst for both miracles. Compassion is what caused Jesus to do those things. And, those. and so check this out. Jesus stopped the spiritual teaching and instructed the disciples to meet their physical needs. You know, some people think, well, the church is just about making disciples. Yes, we are. Absolutely. But sometimes to make disciples, we have to meet physical needs. Sometimes the way to open people's hearts is to feed their bellies, right? When we were youth pastors in Colorado, uh, we were in a small town, and we had kids that would to be able to come to church, they had to stay after school. Their parents wouldn't bring them back into town because they lived out on farms. So they would stay after school, and they would hang out in our church parking lot for hours until service started. And we realized they were hungry. 
kids, you know, they didn't have anything to eat. And a lot of them didn't eat lunch at school. They would eat junk food out of a machine. And so we started feeding them. And our adults stepped in, and they started bringing food, and we would make a meal every Wednesday night for them, for all these kids. You wouldn't believe how many kids started coming. And you know what's funny? When we started feeding their bellies, you know what they were more open to? The Word. We saw students change, like incredible miracles happening in students' lives. We had kids that weren't even allowed on the school property. That's how bad they were. They would come to church because we fed them, and they would stick around, you know, play video games, they'd hear the Word. And we saw these kids giving their hearts to Jesus because we fed them. Because we cared enough about their physical needs, then their hearts were open and they saw something. And so, guys, here's the thing. Jesus cares about your soul, but he also cares about your physical needs. Jesus cares about that. And Jesus showed that. He said, hey, I care. I don't want these people passing out on the way home. Feed them. Do something about it. I love this quote. Howard Thurman says, the power of prayer is directly connected to your willingness to be a part of the answer. The power of prayer is directly connected to your willingness to be part of the answer. God wants to use some of us to meet some of these needs in people's lives. God wants to use some of you here. So, you know, like Don was just telling us how we sent money to some of these pastors in Africa. You, here in Lexington, Nebraska, you giving your offerings and your tithes and your missions, you were the answer to some pastor's prayer in the middle of Madagascar. How cool is that? God was using you to meet needs of people in Madagascar. You never know what God is going to do because he cares about these things. He cares about that. So we care about spiritual needs. We also have to care about physical needs, and this is the balance. So compassion should lead us to action. Compassion should lead us into action. Jesus cares about our needs. He cares about other people's needs. I love this quote. Robert Madu says this, Compassion is when care and action collide. Compassion is when care and action collide. Several of you have come to the food distributions we have at the Catholic Church. A bunch of you come out and helped. It is amazing. Because we've been, our community, through different grants and things, has been feeding 400, 600, 600 people every single Thursday coming through there getting food for their families and they see churches doing that they see churches working together on that that's a big deal and so we need to understand that jesus calls us into people's lives and you know what people are they're messy if you get involved in someone's life you know what's going to be it's going to be messy because people have problems and jesus calls us into people's lives and so sometimes you're going to get caught up in messes you're going to try to help feed somebody they're going to say hey can you watch my kids for an hour while i go do a job application you know what kids are really messy right so we're called into people's lives we're called to be a part of the answer and so we've all been put into positions to make an impact and so when we have when we give what we have to jesus it becomes enough so here's the thing. A lot of us feel like, I don't have what these people need. Jesus told the disciples, hey, go feed them. And what did they say both times? Uh, I don't have enough food. We don't have enough. You know, Peter commandeers this kid's lunch, and he says, well, here, we got a, got a loaf and some fish. And they did it. When we use what's in our hands, God multiplies that. Remember, he asked them, how many loaves do you have? And here's the funny thing. What did Jesus ask the disciples for? How much what? 
bread do you have? What did they also find? Fish. Jesus never asked for fish. Did you catch that? In both miracles, they use fish and bread to feed these people. He never asked for fish. It just came. So what does that teach us? When we give what we have, God can multiply it. God can use it. Some of you have been involved in people's lives for decades, trying to reach them for Christ. God's going to use you in that person's life because they see your care every single day. When we give what we have to Jesus, he makes it enough. I don't have enough in myself to help people. You don't have enough in yourself. But when we give what we have to Christ, he can do that. This church has built churches in Madagascar. It's built buildings. It's given money. It's sent people over to do work. This church has encouraged churches in France. This church has encouraged churches in India. All around the world, in Mexico, all different places because of what you have. And you say, we, we don't have enough to do that. But when we give it to Christ, he will. And so you may be sitting there saying, you know what? I'm just an insignificant person in the middle of Nebraska. I don't have anything to give. And when you say, here, Lord, take what I have, use me, God can multiply that. God can use you. We have people going to the Ukraine to plant motorcycle ministries because you've helped them do that. Some of you have never been on a motorcycle in your life, but you're helping reach bikers in the Ukraine through the Hubble family. That's amazing what God can do with us when we give what we have. And so here's the fun thing. God wants to use us to impact the lives of people. God wants to use us to impact people. And it's really easy to sit here and say, well, I don't have what this person has. I don't have as much bread as that person. I don't have as many fish as this person. I don't have this and that. But when we start giving thanks for what we have, and we start giving the Lord what we have, He wants to use us. Because He cares about us, and He cares about others. So this new year, instead of coming into 2021 thinking, well, you know, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. Let's start giving thanks for what we do have. And see what God will do with us, right? See what God will do to use us. See how God can use our family. And here, if you get anything else out of this day, I want you to catch this. The miracle happened when they took action. The miracle happened when they took action. When did the fish multiply and the bread multiply? It says Jesus gave thanks and he handed to him and they started handing it out. When did it actually multiply? In the disciples' hands. Jesus didn't actually multiply the bread. It multiplied in the disciples' hands when they started doing something with it. I've read this thing a million times and I never caught it. I always assumed Jesus multiplied it, you know, kind of, you know, and no. It multiplied when the disciples started handing it out. Look at it later. When they took action, Jesus blessed it. If you look again, when the people of Israel crossed the Jordan River, when did the river actually stop flowing? It says it stopped when they put their feet in the water, when they stepped in. When they actually took action is when God did something. And some of us have been sitting here our entire lives and saying, I keep asking God to use me to do something, but he does it. It's because we've never gotten off the couch or off the chair. When we start actually doing something for God, he starts to use us, and he starts to multiply those things. But if we sit on the bench, if we sit on the sidelines, he can't use us. My pastor growing up, you know, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 16, and I listened to a billion of that guy's sermons between those years. And one thing he used to always say is you have to put yourself in a position for God to use you. You have to put yourself in a position. He always used the football analogy. You know, a receiver's job most of the time is to get in position for the quarterback to get the ball to him. His job isn't to throw the ball. It's just to get in. And I know sometimes they block and sometimes they pull off defenders. But 
If they're the primary receiver on a pass, their job is to get in position, to go where the ball is going, right? Because a lot of times the quarterback throws the ball before they're even in that vicinity. They have to get to where the ball is going, then they can catch it. If we put ourselves in position for God to do something, he can use us. But if we just sit in the chairs, if we just sit on the sideline and say, man, I really wish God would do something with me, he's not going to do it until you start stepping out, until I start stepping out and doing something. I can't tell you how many times I've been on missions trips, and I'm saying, you know, I don't really have a lot of skills. I, I can't really do that. But when I put what I have with what other people have, and then God starts using it, we can do great things. I am a horrible builder. Like, I, am, I can even take those prefabricated things and mess them up, right? Just putting the screws together, I could mess that up. But I remember going on a mission trip, and they are like, hey, we're going to build a house for this pastor. And I said, <laughs> yeah, you don't want me to do that. But you know what I did? I did what I could. I hauled block for days. I hauled blocks. And when we were done, we had a house. And I had a part in it because I was willing to use what I had, the very little skill I had, to do something. We went to Joplin after the tornadoes, and we put flooring down for a house. You know what my job was? Hauling wood. I can do that, right? And when we put what we had together, God used us. Some of you say, I can't teach, but I can make a snack. All right, get in there and do it, and God will use you. Some of you say, I can't sing, but I can hand out bulletins. I can't do this, but I can. When we take the gifts and the abilities that we have and put them in God's hands, God starts to do things. That's why we have a church family, because we all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. God puts those things together, and he blesses it, and you start to see great things happen. There's a guy in L.A. named Matthew Barnett, incredible, incredible pastor. They have a church there called the Dream Center. And he has this line. He says, find a need and fill it. He says, find something you can do and step in and start doing it. And that's what these guys did in L.A. He was a white boy in downtown L.A., and he started just finding needs. And if you read his story, it is amazing what God has done. They have an enormous church in an old hospital that takes people off the street, cleans them up, helps them find jobs. And he said, all we did is just say, hey, here's a need. I'm going to go fill that. Here's another need. I'm going to go start doing this. And God started using them. And they're changing the dynamics in that city because they simply said, here's what I have, Lord, use me. Do that. So what we have will never be enough when we try to do it on our own. If the disciples had just tried to feed people with that one loaf before they gave it to Jesus, it wouldn't have gone very far, would it? But when we start taking it, giving those to Jesus, he multiplied it as they went out and did the work. They saw incredible things happen. And here's the fun thing. As they're walking around, I would have loved to have seen their face, like they keep pulling them out of the basket and there's more bread there every time, right? So when they fed the 5,000, they were in Jewish territory. When they fed the 4,000, the last time, they were in Gentile territory. They were out of their comfort zone. They weren't in Israel. So they were out of their comfort zone. They realized that other people needed grace besides just themselves. And so, guys, God wants to use us, and sometimes God is going to take you out of where you're comfortable to use you. God's going to move you out of the place that, you know, well, I'm used to this, I can do this. God's going to keep moving you, and he wants to use you. He wants to open up your eyes to other things. So who is God talking to us about? What is God talking to us about doing? So as we come into this new year, we have to remember that God has the power to do anything that he wants to do. God has the power to do things he's done before. And God has the power to do new things. 
And God wants to use us, but in order for him to do that, we have to start stepping out. So I have to start acting in compassion. And last, he can change us as we help to work, as we work to help others. He can change us as we work in other people's lives. Many of you know, when we start stepping out, we start doing things for God, he does more in us than he does through us. As we step out and say, hey, I want to do something for you, he works more in us. And I know uh, when we were in Missouri, our first position as youth pastors, we used to go down to Mexico. This is, you know, when it was a little safer. We would go over Christmas break. So we would go down. We would leave like the day after Christmas and come back New Year's Day. And we'd go down and across the border, we had a, a man who worked with local ministries down there, and we would hand out Christmas presents. So we had a, there was a place called Precious Moments. They make little dolls out where we were, and they would give us truckloads of dolls to take down there that they couldn't sell or, they, or whatever. So we would take soccer balls and dolls. That was about it. And we'd just take literally trailer loads of those things down there. We'd sneak them across the border, and we would go down and hand them out, and we would show the Jesus film, and people give their hearts to Jesus, and we'd play with kids. It was a lot of fun. But you know what? Every year we went down there, we would take a truckload of teenagers with us. <laughs> and they would come back, and their parents would say, what did you do to my kid? Like, nothing. I fed them tacos, and we played with kids. That was about it. And they'd say, something changed in my kid while we were down there. You know what it was? Doing ministry changes us. You know, I remember we would go down there, and kids would be like, man, I didn't get what I wanted for Christmas. And they would come back like, I'm the most spoiled person ever, you know, because they saw poverty and they saw all that. God wants to work in us. And guys, as we step out in faith and we allow Jesus to use us, he changes us. He works in us. Guys, we've seen family trees change because people go on trips. We've seen family trees change because people step out into ministry. I remember one time we took a family to Mexico with us on a missions trip. The dad had, he'd been in church, but he was mostly on this trip just to protect his daughter who went with us. And he was a great man. He just didn't really follow Jesus at the time. We got down there. He started working in ministry. And you know what happened? God changed that guy's heart. In that week we were down there, he came back. He got involved. He's now a board member in that church. And totally on fire for Jesus now because he went down and started doing work. God worked in him as he was working through him. And that's how God does things. So if you're physically able this morning, would you stand? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. So we're going to pray this morning. I've got three simple things that we want to pray about today. As we step into this new year, some of you are terrified that we're going to have a repeat of last year. I know some of you are dealing with anxiety and fear and trepidation. And you just need to, to trust God. You say, you know what, I just need to trust him that if he can do something once, he can do it again. So whatever it is that you're facing this year, we're going to pray that God will help you remember what he's done in the past. If he can do it once, he can do it again. We want to leave that fear behind as we step into this new year. Some of you are saying, you know what? I want God to work on me because I need more compassion. I'm really good at looking out for my own needs, but I want to look for the needs of others. And I want God to use me in compassion. And some of you are just saying, you know what? I just need God to, to use what I have. I, I feel like God's talking to me about Stepping out into something new. Maybe it's a new ministry. Maybe it's talking to a neighbor that I've never talked to. But I just wanted God to give me faith to step out and see him work through me. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If you're at home, 
would you just kind of close yourself off? I know the kids might be running around, but just close yourself off for a moment and allow God to speak into your hearts. So Lord, as we come together today and we step into this new year, Lord, we want to step forward in faith, believing that you can do anything, that you can do everything. And Lord, there's some of us here that maybe say, you know, at one point I had a relationship with God, but I want to make that right today. Or maybe I've never started a relationship with God, but I want to do that today. We're going to give you that opportunity. We're going to say a simple prayer. And if you say this to the Lord and you're serious about this, God makes us a brand new person. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians that all the old is gone and the new has come. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I just want to restart a relationship with God or I want to start one for the first time. I want to really be serious in this new year. I want to really take this relationship with God seriously. Would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you this morning. All right, we're going to pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, as I step into a new year, I want to step out in faith. And I admit that I haven't had a relationship with you like I should. I've messed up. Please forgive me. Please come into my life and make me new. Forgive all my sins and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you pray that prayer and you meant it, that you're a brand new person. All that old junk is gone and you're brand new. That's an incredible way to start a new year. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I just need to trust God. I've got stuff going on in my life and I just really need to trust Him in this new year. Would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? I just need to trust Him. I'm here to say, you know what, I just need to work on compassion. I need God to work on my heart and help me to see others with compassion. See your hands. I just want to really work on that. I'm going to say, you know what, I need to trust God because I feel like He's asking me to step out on something new. I feel like He's talking to me about doing something new and I just need faith to step out. That's you. Let me see your hands right where you're at. So, Father, I just pray for all these needs this morning. Lord, some of us need to step out in faith and remember what you've done in the past. Some of us need to step out and remember what you've done and that you're still the same God who can do the same things and even more. Lord, some of us need to step out and take a step of compassion to see you work in us and through us, to see people the way you see them. Lord, some of us need to remember, remember that you're good and give us faith to step out in these new things you're talking to us about. We pray you do that today. In Jesus' name, amen.